WBNE. Hello, and welcome to episode 76, all about Two Towers, theatrical edition, part six, being the 76th part of That's What I'm Talking About. My name is Mary Clay. If that's too complicated for you, just call me MC and psych, it's Mary Clay from the future. This is part two of my Two Towers discussion with Haley, Brooke, and Christina of the Restricted section. We recorded for so long that I decided to split it into two episodes. So if you haven't already listened to the first part of our conversation, go back and do that now. It came out last week and then come back and listen to this episode. And because we're jumping right into the movie discussion, I will kick things off with this week's chaotic movie summary. Everyone's getting their butts kicked at Helm's Deep, and you can tell it's getting serious because they kill off Haldir. Theoden needs a distraction so that they can brace the doors. Aragorn tosses Gimli into action, but don't worry, they won't tell the elf. It was essentially for nothing, though, because the doors are broken down anyway, and everyone retreats. Treebeard is taking Merry and Pippin to the edge of the forest so that they can go home when something happens that's never happened before. Pippin gets an idea. He asks Treebeard to take them towards Isengard instead. Hey, aren't there some other hobbits in this story, too? Oh right, Frodo and Sam. They're still with Faramir, who is still being stupid and still insists on taking the ring to Osgiliath. Faramir, you are better than this. When they arrive at Isengard, Treebeard finally sees for himself the kind of destruction that Saruman has wrought across Vangord. Finally, finally, he is stirred to action and Treebeard calls for the Ents to join him in a last march. They destroy everything, break the dams, and flood Isengard while Saruman watches from his balcony in a perfect moment of beautiful, satisfying justice. In Osgiliath, Faramir orders Frodo and the ring to be taken to Minas Tirith in one last-ditch effort for his father to love him. Theramir, you don't need your dad's approval. You're better off without it. Sam finally, finally, fully explains the situation with Boromir and tells Faramir that his brother died because he was overcome by the ring and it drove him mad. If only you had told him that several hours ago, but it's too late for that because they're here. The Nazgul arrive to find the ring. Theoden is being a terrible leader over at Helm's Deep and essentially gives into the fact that they're all going to die. Not on Aragorn's watch. Remembering Gandalf's promise that he would return with help, Aragorn convinces Theoden to ride out to battle and Theoden finally, finally starts acting like a king. A Gandalf ex machina appears with a Omar the Rohirrim in his signature Gandalf the White bright light. They storm down an extremely steep hill that puts the hill for cheese rolling races in England to shame. Frodo has gone full emo and is moments away from using the ring when Sam stops him. In a completely heterosexual moment, Sam snaps him out of it when Frodo is about to kill him. Overcome by the weight of his task, Frodo is ready to give up, but not before Sam can give a rousing, hopeful speech that definitely didn't make me ugly cry and definitely doesn't have any relevance to life in 2020 and definitely isn't making me cry right now as they give the summary. We're not the only ones who have gone on an emotional journey. Faramir finally, finally realizes that they can't use the ring. He lets Frodo and Sam go, putting his life up for forfeit as per the laws of his father and shows us once and for all that Faramir, captain of Gondor, is a man of quality. The highest quality. I'm talking the 4K editions of Lord of the Rings quality. The battle for Helm's Deep is over, but the battle for Middle-earth begins as Smeagol leads Frodo and Sam toward Mordor with some nefarious ulterior motives. And thus concludes The The Two two towers. Towers. First, we got to cut back to Theoden doing one thing. Then we go back to, yeah, we go <laughs> once more back to Helm's Deep. Theoden is yelling for, he's, there, I don't understand how this happened and how he heard him, but Theoden's like, Aragorn, call back your men. And somehow Aragorn heals him. Yeah, these people can scream, yo. Like that. They can project. Like, what? That's why wars have bugles. Like, what the hell? This <laughs> makes no sense. Especially Viggo Mortensen. He's got, like a he's got a little voice 
He's not a screamer. They need a. They need some walkie talkies in this. Some <laughs> walkie talkies <laughs> is exactly what they need. Well, the orcs are like they. They came up the bridge with a battering ram because we're on to la- layer two of the defenses that we have. Yes, and Theoden's like, all right, guys. This is my moment. I have just now decided that it's bad enough that I'm going to try to fight. (laughs) And so he goes to where the orcs have just busted through the physical wood of the door, which, by the way, not a thick door, if that's going to be the only thing standing between you and the outside world. Reinforce it with some metal or something. Yeah. Theoden shows up, immediately gets stabbed in the shoulder, stabs an orc in the neck, and then literally his boys come up around him like, okay, you did it, but we're going to go back and treat that. <laughs> I kept thinking of, and this is, I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. Mary Clay, I'm going to tell you and all your listeners right now that when we were watching this, we kept comparing it to Game of Thrones for like diff- like a million different little reasons. Oh, I'm sure. And I know, yeah. I know that this... These references aren't good for you, but they're it good for a lot of other me, people. But go ahead and but yeah, say I them. kept thinking of the battle at King's Landing in Game of Thrones where King Joffrey, there's like this huge fuss. <gasps> yes, exactly. Yes, there's this huge fuss about does he fight? Does he not fight? How much should he fight to inspire people without putting him in danger? And I was just thinking about how much more badass the kings of Middle Earth are than the kings of Westeros, basically. See, the issue here, though, is that like, would you be inspired by Theoden existing in this battle because quite frankly he's been tapped out for like a minute like I don't think any of his men are really like aside from the four dudes that are like his posse I don't think anyone's trying to rally around this dude I kind of like conflate this battle with the next battle which is called the battle of the final battle yeah fields I I kind of conflate them because I'm like he's a warrior king like he's really cool he does dope stuff but it's like oh yeah that's all later that's later. He doesn't yeah. do any yeah. of that now. But in my he's brain, I'm like, here. I still have that picture. The final picture. Yeah, he's <laughs> terrible here. Yeah, he's not very good. And to answer your question, Brooke, I would not be inspired in the slightest. Uh, something I caught for the first time watching this part last night was when they're called back, there's a moment where Gimli is literally being dragged away. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so I li- I just like that little, you know, Easter egg character moment for him. Is this a good time for me to do my Gimli rant or not yet? Should I wait till later? Um, she do does have a whole Gimli rant. Do we want to talk about the you'll have to toss me scene first? Because well, just, oh wait, like, no, hang on. We're on. jumping ahead because something very dramatic happens and it's very sad. We see Haldir fighting and he's doing good. And then all of a sudden he's not. And he gets hit and then an orc comes up from behind and smacks him on the head with an axe. I'm, I assuming. Think that's a, I'm assuming he... I think that's a slicing his skull in half and then we immediately yeah. see him from behind and it looks great. I thought yeah, it hit his we don't back. See the I blood. think it hits like spinal cord between the shoulders. No, I think it hits him in the yeah, head. I think it hits Does him it? in the head. Yeah. Aragorn sees this happening and he rushes over and catches his friend and he dies in his arms. Was that impactful for you? Because for me, I watched it. Every no, time no, I've no. ever watched it, I'm like, oh, okay. That dude that just showed up so died now. I watching that. It was very apparent to me that, oh, they put this in to show that this battle is having consequences. Yeah, the reason that scene kind of like, I, I, I don't know, I just mentally always kind of check out for it is just like, it's weird that you're even here, Haldir. Yes. Like, in the yeah. books, like, the the elves don't 
they don't they're show not up there at all. At no. all. No. Like, Haldir is... That's that's what was fun when I was reading the OneRing.net page about, like, differences between the books and the movies. About this part, it would say, like, it would give a description of what happened in the film, and then it would give a description of what happened in the book. And for this part, it would be, it would be like, book, this does not happen. Like, fully. It just doesn't yeah. happen. It just falls so flat because it doesn't happen. You can feel how disconnected it is from anything else that's happening in the world. Well, the other thing is they... You have the only reason that I knew that this was Haldir, the only reason that I knew this was the same elf that we met when we were in the forests of Lothlorien is because I had to look it up on IMDb and I saw his character name. I was like, I who is this mm-hmm. guy? So there's no because they didn't they hadn't really established a friendship or connection between Aragorn and Haldir. And it's kind of random when Hald when Aragorn hugs him, but I'll excuse it because it's a cute moment. But like, it's yeah, uh, yeah, but like, I think this is another issue with like the theatrical editions because like you do get more Haldir in the extended edition of Fellowship. So like he's a little more established as a character. So when he turns up in Two Towers, you at least have a hope of recognizing him as literally a character you've ever seen before. But even then, he's such a secondary character in Fellowship that Mm. it just... It just doesn't work. And I think it honestly might go back to the original Arwen plan. Like, oh, this was supposed to be a big deal because Arwen was supposed to be here. And now <gasps> we're going to kill Arwen. Like, now we've just got to make do with this dude. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Haldir, it's like your time Haldir. to shine. I like him. He just doesn't really do anything in this scene. He for doesn't me. earn the dramatic death he's given. Hmm. I like it because it, he's. I mean, he's literally the only elf who's really trying to help. Legolas is like a rogue agent. It's like he's he shows up. That I mean, I, I respect it. And I think that the filmmakers are trying to convey that this is like like a battle for the good of the world. Elves are here and like men are here and like we're trying to like defend the goodness of the world. I feel like part of the reason they did include the elves in Helm's Deep is because like in the book, it's mentioned that Lothlorien did come under attack. It wasn't like raised to the ground, but like they did have some issues on the borders. Yeah. So I feel like this was them trying trying to like pay homage to that. Yeah, I think in the book you get very like brief information that oh, the elves have their own thing going on right now in Lothlorien that they're preoccupied with so they can't come help us. And I think that's kind of all that they really touch on. Yeah. So yeah, Rip Haldir. Oof. Um then we go back to where they're st- uh hammer what is it? Hammering battering down. Ram. battering bat ramming down the door. Yeah. And a fun fact about this, it says the main main door of Helm's Deep was so heavy and well built that the battering ram built to knock it down. Wait, to knock down. What did I write? <laughs> okay, whatever. It was so well built that they weren't being able to knock it down until they had to go in and weaken the doors. And Peter Jackson commented that- they had if, to take the metal off. Yeah, had to. If he ever had a castle that needed defending, he once went a workshop building it. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And then Aragorn and Gimli go sneak around the side to buy them some time while they brace the doors. And Christina, you may now have your Gimli rant. Well, it doesn't go here because I think this scene is sweet. Oh, well, I mean, it, this is more about Gimli than the previous it, But part. Gimli's like, I'm taking one for the team. And it's like, I respect that. Throw me and don't tell anyone. I, I respect that. That's okay. Five minutes ago when Gimli got dragged and everyone laughed at it. And that pisses me off because every time you see Gimli in these movies you're laughing at him and I hate that yeah because he's not a hilarious idiot tiny character who's just like fumbling around they make him into like a Hagrid dude just like everything you do is wrong 
And I, I really hate it because he is like the only representation of dwarves in this whole series and they're they're deadly serious and you will be exposed to this in The Hobbit, but it's like he's not a bumbling falling idiot no he's he's a gentleman and a scholar he is a gentleman and a scholar and that's why i like the throw me scene is because it's he's like he's like i'm doing this like embarrassing thing to myself because that's what needs to be done in this moment so that's not this scene doesn't isn't part of my rant Mm. but him falling and getting dragged by horses and not being able to see and like getting confused and being like what what?" not being able to keep up when they're running like every literally every scene except for this exact scene is just like a nightmare and i hate it that's all yeah i've talked about how they had to elevate in this movie and some parts of Return of the King too, they had to elevate his character to be comedic relief because your comedic relief left and got carried off by orcs at the end of Fellowship of the Ring. I just would argue we don't need comedic relief. You sure as hell are not going to get it when you're with Frodo and Sam and Gollum. And the only times you're going to get it is when you are having these one minute scenes with Treebeard, Merry and Pippin every 30 to 40 minutes. So you at, you have to add that in a little more. Your, your comment about I don't think you need comedic relief. I think you do because there's a lot of humor in the books. And so I like that they added humor into the movie. I guess it's like you can write good dialogue that'll make people laugh. You don't have to throw the short character onto the ground and laugh at him. No, I agree that it is it did seem random to me. There I don't think I talked about it during that part of the movie, but there's one part where he's just eating and he like spills on himself and that's supposed to be a comedic moment and I was like I don't necessarily think that's funny, but Yeah, okay. no, Gimli has table manners. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, I like something that I honestly would have liked to see is like uh, I I was like skimming through this uh like Helm's Deep in the book just to, like refresh my Myself. like the elves don't turn up there right like i i'm no. not making that up um but like i ended up spotting uh, a scene where like aragorn and gimli get separated and aragorn like meets up with legolas and legolas is like where's gimli and he's like i don't know we got separated and legolas uh, and but i'm sure he's fine he's a good fighter like don't worry about him legolas and legolas is like no 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 no. i just wanted him to i just wanted to tell him that i'm still ahead in the game and then what happens they're like yeah i don't know where gimli is anyway and then this random force comes out of hiding out of nowhere behind like a body in a quarter and it's Gimli and he's been like hiding under a pile of bodies basically and waiting for his moment to attack the entire time it's it is good no I, w- I would have loved like that would have been amazing com- uh, comic relief in Helm's Deep like I would have loved yeah, to see that yeah. they're trying to decide what to do and there's this gap between where they are and where the orcs are trying to break down the door and Gimli says toss me and Aragorn's like what and he says toss me don't tell the elf (laughs) I love that part when he says don't tell the elf I like that he pretends he doesn't know Legolas's name (laughs) (laughs) well because in Return of the King Frodo doesn't know his name that's yeah, but true. They, they've exchanged zero dialogue this whole time. So there's we had a Facebook watch party for people who missed it for the Lord of the Rings cast reunion that was over Zoom. One of the trivia effects that they did was um, what is the one line that or that Orlando Bloom that Legolas says to Frodo, and it's "end my bow." Is the one time Not he talks to Frodo. Not even a complete sentence. Yeah. <laughs> and then when he shows up again, when they are reunited at the end of Return of the King, 
Frodo says everyone's name except for Legolas. <laughs> In slow motion, and, so it stands and out. And you, dude. Hey, yeah. He clearly does not know his name. This is just such a good joke payoff because it wasn't something that like they made a bunch of jokes about you never never toss a dwarf, but they did it one time in Moria and then they brought it up but again. That was everyone now. being like, We need to toss you, and that's like totally different. This time he's like, bruh, toss me. Toss me. He will only be tossed on his own terms. Yeah, exactly. There will be no non-consensual tossing of dwarves. (laughs) Yeah, I I love this moment in a lot of ways because also I would just say the battle-hardened temperament of Aragorn and Gimli are on display here because even though we're in a desperate scenario and they're about to like bombard some people, which is a deadly scenario, they're both very calm and collected here. You can tell that they have yeah. like battle experience. Neither of them are overly shaken. They're like giggling. They're like, yeah. <laughs> bro, you want me to toss you? <laughs> right. That's funny. <laughs> this is going to be awesome. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. I just yeah. like that. I like that as like a weird character. It's not necessarily character building, but I like it as a character moment that like even mm-hmm. in this like insane scenario, they are both just like so battle hardened that they are dead calm and like thinking rationally still they are able to perform at a high level because this is not a thing that is like a first time for them Mm -hmm. i mean aragorn's cv for king is quite good and long yeah it's like three full pages no widow lines (laughs) yeah he is more than qualified for the position so they jump over and attack all these orcs they do a pretty good job of it Mm. too they just are like sweeping them off like it's nobody's business like they're not struggling at all very silly and then I wrote down an almost Wilhelm scream because there was one particular scream that I was like was that another one did they really go for it it was not it was just a a half Wilhelm I don't know what are grappling hook that's the term I was looking for the orcs bring up these like launchers with the grappling hook that are ginormous and hook onto the castle walls. Can you tell that I'm really experienced with my battle turf? You're doing like, great. I don't know what anything is called. Grappling hook, launcher, <laughs> suffice. <laughs> castle wall, nailed it. It's just a legit double wide ladder. Like, I don't think there needs to be. They basically hoist a gardening lattice up with orcs on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the grappling hooks are part of an elaborate pulley system, which makes every scene better. That's like the orc trademark. Yeah, I think it is kind of metal that there's orcs riding this thing to the top, though. Like, I'm sure there's people fighting kind of like the front of the roller coaster, like to be at the top. Love it. Yeah. (laughs) I could imagine that being super fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you get to start chopping skulls right when you land. Everybody else has to climb up. If you start, whoa, if you're bad at climbing, start at the top. You don't have to do any climbing. Fair enough. Actually, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Less work for me. Yeah. Oh, and actually, speaking of hoist me up. Yeah. So this thing happens where they they throw a rope down to get Gimli and Legolas out of there. I mean, no, what are their names? Aragorn. Gimli and Aragorn out of there. Aragorn is holding on to Gimli with one arm and has holding on to the rope with the other. And then I think Legolas is pulling him up. Love it. I think maybe possibly there are people behind Legolas helping him. No, I don't no, believe for a no, second. It's just oh, Legolas. <laughs> was it just Mad him? forearm okay. strength. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, elf strength? Is that a thing? Yeah, I kept yeah. thinking elf of strength. That. 
I kept thinking of that scene in Mulan when she goes over the cliff with her freaking horse, whose name is Khan, which I mentioned because that's my last name. Um, and, and like she like catches the rope. It's like a similarly impossible rope situation. It's yeah, like, the me, rope is oh, the rope is just attached to my horse now. I didn't have to. Yeah, do it. it's like kind of looped around him like lazily. I just, like it would have cut him. in I half. think that what happened here is that Legolas um, loves Gimli so much that he ended up with like mom pulling a car off of her toddler strength <laughs> to get them out of a bad scenario. Oh, I love it. Aww. Yes, I well, love it. I, what I'm impressed by is Aragorn also arm strength because he has like one arm on Gimli and then yeah. the other arm is holding that's both impressive. of them to a rope without even it being looped. It's just like yeah, his grip strength has like 400 exactly. plus pounds on it right now. I don't know how much mm-hmm. a dwarf weighs. I feel like Gimli is very dense. Yeah, I can't yeah. hang off of a regular yeah, bar. Yeah, can't hang, guys. She's not very chill. Don't even invite her. <laughs> I I can't hold. I was ha- I would have a hard time holding my pug with a single arm. I can't imagine. <laughs> and then I also have a hard time just doing like a dead hang. Yeah, you know they would do that yeah. for like presidential say, fitness challenges. Yeah, the flex arm yes. hang. If have I, I had to do those both at the same time, but with a whole human, I would just no, die. It wouldn't work. <laughs> So then everyone retreats, and I was like, retreat to where? You're already trapped. The keep. Level three. The keep. Level three. Yeah, level three. It's like, <laughs> it, it is like a video game, and I keep being like, what video game is this reminding me of? And it's my Lord of the Rings video games. I'm an idiot. Oh. <laughs> Next, we have another scene from Treebeard. Mm-hmm. So much Treebeard content. We've had more Treebeard content in the last 30 minutes of this film than we did in the previous two hours of this film. First, I like how we we jump in on Treebeard just like casually talking to them. He's like, oh, yeah, the mice like to run up and down my legs and it tickles. And I'm like, that's so that's cute. cute. Just listening to casual conversational int talk is fun. You see in Mary's expression that he is very upset and he's a lot more complacent in what has happened. And then all of a sudden, Pippin gets this spark of an idea and he says, wait a minute, take us south or north. I don't remember which direction. (laughs) South. (laughs) And he's like, but that'll take you by Isengard. And he says, yeah, the closer to danger, the safer we are. And I love Treebeard. He goes... That doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> but then again, you are small. <laughs> I love it. Excellent line delivery. Better line delivery from a tree than we get from Orlando Bloom in this whole movie. <laughs> and he also uses the the phrase shirelings. Very cute. I love that. It's very cute. Anything lings is cute. Ducklings. Yeah, it's very cute. That's the only one I can think yes. of, but it's pretty yes. cute. Oh, and also when Boromir calls them the little ones. <laughs> they took the little ones. It's a little infantilizing. Uh, Maybe we're enabling their shenanigans I, a little I mean, bit by calling them the little. <laughs> the little ones. Just let Boromir have uh. dad mode. <laughs> <laughs> so Billy Boyd and Dominic Monaghan spent so much of their time in the tree during filming of this movie that they would stay up there or that they would spend their time between takes writing a screenplay, which I want to read the screenplay. I hope it exists somewhere for me to read. <laughs> That's delightful. They're getting inspired. Additionally, it was difficult to get them up and down from their perches that they were left there during breaks while the rest of the crew went off to eat and someone would pass their food up to them. <laughs> Doesn't Billy Boyd sound like a like a pirate? No, like a rogue like cowboy, a cowboy, like a yeah. gunslinger. <laughs> 
Yeah, See, to me, it just good. sounds like someone from like the Appalachian area, just like Bill Boyd. <laughs> he just sounds very Irish to me. I can't really. Bill Boyd, gonna need you to come to dinner. <laughs> nope. Wait, Billy Boyd, stay up in that tree. Can't get you down. I'll bring your dinner directly to you. I'll presently. just pass it up to you. You go enjoy it. And this was where I wrote down, where are Sam and Frodo? Who cares? I don't care. And then we cut to Sam and Frodo. I love Faramir, and literally I I cannot even be bothered to pay attention to their scenes at this point in time. Oh, well, we're going to have to talk about it anyway. Sorry, Brooke. You can space out right now if you want. I give you permission. They skip um, Faramir's entire backstory in the theatrical cut. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's no context for his daddy issues. He just looks like a dick. Yeah, he does look like a dick. However, I still would argue that he looks like a dick even with any extended edition scenes that explain the daddy issues. But at least you get next Because in the book, he has the daddy issues and he still is not a dick. You know, you can have daddy issues and not be a dick. Yeah, but I think it, I think an explanation. It just is like, who are you, Bormir's brother, and why are you running around the world? Go home to your castle. Like, what are you doing? Like, why are you crying? Like, well, what is going on? And instead of all of that, we get Osgiliath. So we have this brief scene when they're approaching Osgiliath. They see it's burning. Sam and Frodo kind of make this last attempt to be like, don't do this you are dumb let me go and Faramir is like to Osgiliath and then we we cut away again yeah oh actually we cut back to the end there's so there's so much whiplash right now because before up until now it's been like we have a good five minute scene and then we cut to another seven minute scene now everything is really starting to come together and become but the spacing of this particular back and forth just does not work at all for me because it's literally oh, interesting. like it's it's Pippin having a genius moment and then we get just this tiny little taste that no one cares about of Frodo and Sam and Faramir. It's and then so we go brief. right back to the ends and then we go right back to Osgiliath like they that was an unnecessary back and forth. I think the the reason for that is that you have to show that time has passed between Pippin telling him turn and go the other way and then much like I thought of where are Sam and Frodo you show you you reminding them where Sam and Frodo are in that brief I just moment. think you could have done it without without having that like that particular back and forth cut like you could have just rearranged that and been fine is there maybe a deleted scene that goes in the middle there that makes the pacing feel better I literally don't know. Are you? Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know. But remember. like, it sounds right, doesn't it? Being facetious. make it a little more palatable. We'll see. I don't know. I'll be watching extended edition probably this week. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, we cut back to the ints and Treebeard sees all of the 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 scar, the scar as Christina called it earlier, where there has been deforestation and everything's been chopped down and burned, and you see Isengard and you see the ruin that Saruman has caused and it goes dead quiet because there's no there's no nature sounds there's no trees whistling in the wind there's no wood groaning there are no birds or anything it's just silence and you look around and you see Treebeard's reaction and you feel his pain and sadness so sad oh I hate it and he says I knew these were my friends I knew them from nut and acorn <laughs> It's so sad. 
Yeah, I knew them from Nut and Acorn, and he screams, no! Somehow, Treebeard's reaction to the death of the trees is more emotionally moving than Haldir's death. Haldir's death. <laughs> I think that's because we've all met a tree we like. Rip we haven't all met a, an elf we like. Yeah. Truthfully, we haven't really met an elf we like. Legolas is... Okay, okay, but what he I love what, is the only reason we like him? It's because it's Orlando Bloom. I completely disagree with that. I do. There's like Galadriel. Galadriel. You don't like we like Galadriel. Galadriel. Okay, you worship her. <laughs> That's I was gonna say like right. and worship her. Right. I respect. Her. Yeah, and fear her. I mean, I have positive feelings yeah. toward her. Yes, he awakens kind of brings the rest of the ints back to him and they he says like we will march to isengard the last march of the ints and everything about this moment of them being so triumphantly marching off and just it it it's well, and good. you get this beautiful music cue of these big woodsy heavy drums just like pounding as they like march into battle and it's one of the better battle entrances in the entire series, in my opinion, from the whole way that the scene is constructed. Yeah. It's definitely very unique. And it's cool because the land surrounding Isengard is very flat and barren. And so it's like the trees rolling in. It's like, yeah, trees do belong there. Very insightful. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the Ents march on towards Isengard. It's very triumphant. The music is beautiful. The scenery is beautiful. Everything is beautiful. You know, it's not beautiful, Osgiliath. <laughs> was that a good transition? Without any of <laughs> without any of the backstory of Faramir, Osgiliath is just like extra disconnected and meaningless. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. We don't really announce that we're here. We don't know why we're in Osgiliath. It's just yeah. kind of like chilling. It's, it's very, um, it was like a quick side note that a character said to Faramir earlier when he says like, Osgiliath is under attack and they're calling for reinforcements. It's like a quick aside. And that's the only reason you get for why they're going to Osgiliath and why like what's going on is happening there. I've said it, I've said it before, but I do not care about the main quest of this movie. Certainly I only not. care about the side quests. This The main quest is only good when it's starting and ending. It's like definitely not good in the middle. I yeah. like everything from Shelob onwards. Yeah. 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 I'd say so too. Well, because it's just like the end is in sight. It's just like the aimless wandering and like the golem stuff. And I'm just like, oh my God, like, can we trust him? Can't we trust him? Like, oh, more Lambus bread. Like, let's fight about it. Just like three <laughs> sad boys trudging through the wilderness. It really is, it is truly a trudge. Like, that's yeah. the word for it. Just like, oh mm-hmm. my God. It's supposed We've seen this to be... rock again. We're going in circles. <laughs> it's like it's supposed to be like a buddy comedy, but they just forgot to give them personalities. But there's no comedy. Because yeah. <laughs> exactly. at this point. Well, well yeah. wait, wait, but, no. but Gollum gets two personalities. Here's the thing Gollum Neither of them gets are fun, some, gets <laughs> some personality. Frodo and Sam, for the entire length of this movie, their personalities are hungry and passing out. That's it. <laughs> Sam oh my is God, hungry. It's Ron and Harry. <laughs> and Frodo <laughs> is passing out. The true friendship dynamic. <laughs> yeah. So one frame of Gollum would take around eight minutes to render, while one frame of Treebeard could take up to 48 hours to render. Oh. Whoa. So I, I guess I get why there's not that much Treebeard in this movie. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> 
There aren't enough. They were rendering Treebeard for as long as they were filming these movies. Imagine like hitting the button or like clicking the thing to oh, render no. that frame and then just having to trust that when you come back in 48 hours, it'll be done. Yeah, yeah. Like so what up. if something got messed up and you come and check on it and you're like, oh, great. <laughs> Another two days until we can see if this pays off. In this scene, Faramir is handing Frodo and Sam over to some other guards to take them to Gondor. He says, take them to Minas Tirith and my father. Tell my father this is a gift from Faramir. You see it in his eyes of like, I'm going to prove my worth to daddy. And he is going to love me. Finally. I just wanted to go over and shake him and be like, you are already a man of quality. You don't need to prove yourself to your father because you are already a man of quality without any of this. What's happening nope, here. Daddy issues. If you would, if you had just followed the what happened? Are you guys? I, guess, I don't know if you guys are, are on TikTok or whatever, but there's a sound that goes, What happened to the original plot of the movie? And that's what it is with Faramir's character of he was supposed to let them go and was supposed to be real chill. And the reason is because Sam, if he had just said this like three hours earlier to when they were still in their little hideout area, None of this would be happening. Sam says, like, don't you get it? Don't you get what happened to your brother? Boromir died because he got taken over by the ring and tried to take it from Frodo. And he died because of it. You idiot. And you see, that's the only thing that Faramir is finally like, oh, oh. And then a Nazgul attacks. Well, first we get Frodo's. There he is. Yeah, his, his like Kubrick <laughs> stare. Uh-huh. What is up with him going poltergeist on us? They're here. He is just yeah. deeply not okay. Like increasingly yeah. not okay from here on out. Yeah, yeah, he. Oh, I should say. Yeah, earlier he's panicking and he tells Sam that Sauron's. He can feel Sauron's eye on him, and that they are coming for the ring, and he can feel them coming towards them. The Nazgul show up. It kind of. And it yeah. kind of feels like from a cinematic perspective, they were like, hey, everyone else is doing a battle right now. What if we put Sam and Frodo in one? Let's have one. They're the only ones not doing the battles. I think that's exactly what happened. That's what happened. You solved the riddle. Congratulations, Brooke. You're this week's I'm winner. Not, I'm not happy. I would like to return this gift. Thank you. The Asgillia the stuff. Not to just keep talking about my really dope Lord of the Rings video game, but the Asgillia <laughs> stuff is like, just Asgillia is like the vibe. It's like all these like ruins and like the dragons, like you're running around and you're fighting and it's just like, I love it so much. That's all. That's all. They're really great video games. <laughs> This is my plug. Can you play them on the PS3? Because I now have a PS3. No, no, that's a PS4 situation. Aww. Oh, well. Time to buy a PS4. I'll recommend (laughs) recommend you some dope games for the PS3, though. Yeah, because I would like to play some of these famed Lord of the Rings games that everyone tells me about. There's just so. so many good different games. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. So I'm excited to dive into that eventually. I attempted to play the first CD ROM game of the Fellowship. And I never oh. got out of the Shire because <laughs> I don't I don't know how to do video games. I've never had a gaming console. I have no dexterity for video games. Like the concepts that surround using your hands to play video games like escape me as a motor function. And you had to do this thing, super simple, where you had to both sneak and occasionally roll. And I could not 
do it. And I got caught by the Nazgul every single time. Oh, I'm so sorry you didn't make it out of the Shire. (laughs) The fate of Middle-earth rested with you, and you screwed (laughs) it up, Brooke. You and your hand-eye coordination. Lord of the Rings regularly. Lord of the Rings if Brooke was in it because she can't get out of the Shire. (laughs) And then then Sauron gets the ring. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um... What's this? More Helm's Deep. We cut back again. Aragorn is straight up like <laughs> grabbing benches to barricade the door and Theoden is just like, Theoden. eh? No, he's uh, he's such a downer. He's having a moment where he he's having his Dinothor in Siege of Gondor moment where he's like, all is lost and we're all going to die. This is terrible. What do we do? Okay, there's like the question in the apocalypse, are you team die or team try? And Aragorn is team try. Try. <laughs> and Theoden is team die. And like, <laughs> you know, yeah. as a fellow team dyer, like I, <laughs> I support that. But also but like- But if you're, you're, the, you're, king you're the king and your women folk are just like- like weeping with their children. Yep. It's like you have to <laughs> yeah, at least no, pretend. No, you've got a lot of peasants like kind of looking to you and they don't have anyone else. So like if you're a king, die is not an option. You have to be team try. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Otherwise you don't get to be king. So um and that's why Aragorn is king. Because he is Team Try. The yeah. king in the south. So uh, that will bring us to this week's segment of Is Vigo Mortensen Actually a Ranger? This is, uh, I say this with the disclaimer that I'm I'm low-key running out of Is Vigo Mortensen Actually a Ranger <laughs> trivia. But I'm hoping that because this is the last of the two towers trivia that I'll just have more in Return of the King. We'll see. Anyway, so this is an old fact that I already shared, but I now have a lot more context that makes it more fun. When filming Helm Deep, Viggo Mortensen broke a tooth. He wanted Peter Jackson to glue it back on so he could use the pain for his character. Peter Jackson was like, no, you idiot. <laughs> and drove him to his dentist while he was still wearing his costume and covered in black orc blood. He declined to be cleaned off as it would be troublesome for continuity. <laughs> and he was back on set half an hour after finishing at the dentist. Oh my god. I respect it. <laughs> and this concludes this week's segment of Is Vigo Mortensen Actually a Ranger? <laughs> yeah, so they're not having a good time. Theoden is ready to die. And Aragorn <laughs> is like, Where can we go? What do we do? And gambling, thank God, is like, Well, we can go out this way and blah, blah, blah. And Theoden's like, How did it come to this? Oh no, what do we do? And Aragorn's like, you can ride out with us and meet them like I told you to do when we were in Edoras before we got here. You idiot. Get your head in the game. Aragorn looks at him and is like, bet you won't charge with me, bro. Bet you won't charge with me, bro. You You won't charge with me, bro? And Theoden's like, I guess, yeah, dude. Yeah, bro. Yeah, let's yeah. charge, bro. We gotta charge, bro. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like being the nerdy kid during like team sports in high school when everybody else is like, we really need to win this PE basketball game. And you're like, look, just don't pass me the ball and I will support <laughs> you in any way you need. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. My reflex was always to be mean to the cool kids because I thought they were going to be mean to me. Get mean, mean to them first. I'm like, you know what? I think basketball's stupid for idiots. How about that? 
I would always tell people I wasn't competitive, even though I like low key am. Because You're the most competitive person I know. Brooke, I don't know you that well, and I could have easily told you that you were very competitive. But the thing was, is I would be like, oh, I'm just like not really that competitive because it would hide the fact that I can't do sports. Yeah. I think that high school gym is when I became a Hufflepuff, when I started being like, I don't need to win. Uh, like, I'll just, no, I'm just happy being here. Don't Don't even worry about it. I think high school gym is when I truly went into I, I that's a lie because I was a Slytherin from age 11 onward but high school gym definitely is when I would Slytherin out oh no you guys froze again oh wait no you go, no oh you guys all just stopped moving that's why <laughs> we were holding very we were playing the statue game all, we all briefly all. died just for a second we'll let you know when we freeze that was so scary that was so scary Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I would just use my Slytherin skills to be like, how can I put in as much minimal effort, but make it look like I'm doing stuff so the coach won't yell at me? Here's the trick. Here's the trick. You just be as pathetic as possible. And eventually the gym coach will take uh, pity on you, especially if you have a friend who's also pathetic. That is how (laughs) one of the uh, strongest, most long lasting friendships of my life occurred. Uh, What was it? Eighth grade. Mr. Oblinger. uh, Pour one out. Him and his five shirts so uh yeah they look they also see the sun is rising and look to the window as the sun is streaming through the window and you get a gandalf ex machina narration voiceover i kind of wish that we didn't have this as a reminder for the idiots watching it's like remember gandalf said a thing yeah i would have loved it if it was just they write out and they don't know they don't remember or they like let us forget so it's it's like a great surprise to us too. All the more triumphant, yeah. yeah. Um, and so we're reminded that Gandalf told Aragorn, "Look to the light on the look to the west, east on the light of the fifth day, whatever, whatever riddle he tells." You're him. doing great. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> Drama and uh, and then I don't understand. So I'm I'm hoping that something was cut here that I'll see in extended edition. All of a sudden, they're on horses. They were in this enclosed room that had no horses, and then it cuts to them again, and they're on horses. I'm like, where did these horses come from? I mean, they have horses, so I'm assuming the horses were stashed in the cave along with everything else. And the cave. Okay, sure, sounds good. But in my the way I was, I guess I didn't think that like this was connecting to the cave. I was just like it was like they're in an enclosed space in this castle and all of a sudden the horses just I think appeared there. I think they would have to have brought the horses deep into the keep because Caves, otherwise yeah. the horses go basically like right against the wall so they're your, like your most valuable both transportation and in terms of money like they're one of your most valuable things and if you keep them yeah. at like they're like the first thing the orcs are gonna get to when they get in so you would have to bring and I, there's probably few enough if you had a real army that's too many horses to put in the cave but we just got this crap army we only got 15 horses yeah so they go running out and i think i'm not very good at recognizing the music themes i think it's the rohan theme playing maybe yeah it makes sense they're charging the horse girl song sure (laughs) yeah the horse girl song And they go charging out, and then they hear a horn. It's Gandalf. 
This part is even more meaningful after seeing all of the memes that came out of the election of like Gandalf is Nevada and AMR is Pennsylvania and then the rest of the Rohirrim are like mail-in votes. It's just so triumphant and beautiful and great and yeah. I don't know how else to say that it's great. I'm more just grumpy about it. I'm more of Mrs. Weasley's status. Where have you been? Where have you been? We needed you. He had to roll in at the last minute because he's a wizard and he's all about the drama. In terms of like battle strategy though, having them come from an unexpected angle with a lot of horses, which the other army does not have, is a huge tactical advantage that they would have lost if they had the horses kept in the keep and they were just kind of once again with like arrows and swords otherwise. And it is like one of the only times that we see like sunlight kind of weaponized. Because, like, the Urukai, like, don't, like, it doesn't affect them as much, but if you, like, blind them very quickly, like, that'll still work. They come up over the hill, and as they're, like, kind of moving downward, I think the light that hits them, because if I'm remembering in the book, there's a light that happens, and I think it's Gandalf that does it. That's a Gandalf So I think this is a mixture, this is a mixture of, like, natural sunlight and then Gandalf light. Gandalf is using a natural sunlight, and he's amplifying it through his wizardly body. And he is glowing Gandalf the gay. He's like a prism throwing off rainbows. Exactly. Thank you for it. That's what I was driving at. There you go. Or like a disco uh, ball, more accurately. <laughs> a disco ball, yeah. I love that so much. <laughs> also, the hill they are going down, it's not a hill. It's a cliff. Yeah, that's yeah. stupid. Yeah, it's super not and safe it, for those horses. It reminded me of, I don't remember exactly like what city or whatever it's in, but there's a cheese rolling festival. Wait, wait, wait. Um, Our friends... Our friends, our friend um, Taylor showed us this. Our patron, I think, um, showed us this in our last Zoom happy hour. Wait, diff- wrong podcast, but the restricted section Patreon. <laughs> yeah, um, she's also. I believe it's also. I believe this is also the same Taylor yeah. who is a uh, uh, talking about patron. Our, so Taylor, you get a double shout our out. Our friend Taylor showed us the cheese roll, <laughs> and it's now on Netflix. Netflix just released a mini series called "We Are the Champions" oh of like weird like competitions throughout the world and the cheese rolling is included oh my, oh my god, god. Okay, that's I'm gonna really watch important this. yes yeah so listeners if you look this up <laughs> it's this it's this competition where people they roll a thing a cheat a wheel of cheese down a hill except for it's not a hill it's like the steepest incline on the continent is basically what it is and it's super dangerous to have to run down and that's what this hill is in <laughs> the battle of helm's deep and it's also like gravel which is not like you can't stop you're yeah, just it's sliding. a cliff yeah yeah so they they go off and and battle and it's great we see Isengard and Treebeard and the Ents rolling up on Saruman and Saruman comes out and is like huh I didn't see this coming I I just everything about this scene I love it's so perfect you have Merry and Pippin throwing rocks which is uh so great and they're shown to be very good at it as Haley brought up, is a is a point in the book. It's, it's a Hobbit thing. <laughs> it's a Hobbit thing. The music is beautiful and so good. Saruman watching the destruction, the way that you have nature destroying 
industry and machinery. There's one moment where so before 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 this moment, I was like, see, the ints are amazing. Why the heck did did they not help us out at Mount Doom? Why didn't we just put uh Mary uh put Frodo and Sam on the back of Treebeard and then there's a moment where one of them catches on fire and I'm like oh that's that's right that's why that'd be why and when the river when they break the dam and they flood Isengard the one tree int that caught on fire leans down to let to to uh what's the he puts himself himself out yeah thank you thank you (laughs) it's all perfect it's very metal and I love it it reminds me of like um when I was a kid and I would go to the beach and my brothers and I would like let our feet get like buried in the sand so that when the big waves came, we would just be like, rawr. And we were like basically doing this exact scene without really knowing it. <laughs> and now we go back to emo Frodo. He is going <sighs> real hard into emo mode. He He's like, just kill me. <laughs> is not looking good. He's not looking good. And he starts wandering away. And Sam is standing there like, where are you going? <laughs> I'm like, Sam, stop him. Like, do something. <laughs> do something. You flipped out when you lost him for two seconds in the cornfield, but you're okay with watching him walk away and, and towards the Nazgul? That's fine. And Frodo literally just looks at the Nazgul and is like, did you want this? Because I'm over yeah. it at this juncture. You can have it. <laughs> Your Uber Eats delivery is here. <laughs> <laughs> And he's about to put the ring on when Sam tackles him at the last minute. Faramir or someone shoots the the fell beast with a single arrow. And that's apparently what does it in for the beat. And he's like, well, I'll try again later. And he turns around and leaves. I don't understand how that fine. Whatever. Then we get the gayest scene between Sam and Frodo of Frodo holding Sam at knife point because he's still deranged mm-hmm. and Sam just sobbing quietly being like, don't you know you're Sam? It's your Sam. Like, why it's your? Me. Yeah. Like, why Why is it like that? Be your own man, Sam. I still liked it because it, it got me. And this is a huge thing for me to admit, considering I I didn't like Sam at all when I was reading the book. So for me to be like, this is very sweet and I love Sam here is a, is a big deal. We brought her around. <laughs> God, it's definitely not the it's your Sam moments that like get me about Sam. It's the tackling no. bitch ass Frodo to the ground when he's about to ruin everything. That's what does it. For me with Sam, I'm like, it's yeah, getting Shire done. What I appreciate about him in the movie is his loyalty combined with his let's stop messing loyalty, around. Loyalty, determination, huff, 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 up, huff. <laughs> Frodo needed a hug so badly here. Like the fact oh that they God, don't just embrace hug. after that moment makes me really sad. So he said he comes to it throws down the sword and says, I can't do this anymore, Sam. And then this is where I started openly sobbing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, it didn't really get me the first time watching it, but each additional, and I've had to watch this movie many times now, <laughs> each additional time I watch it, it hits harder and harder. I, I've been joking that there's a good chance I'm going to start openly crying right now on the podcast as we discuss this scene. I'm going to try my best to not do that, but considering I had a panic attack in 
in the car today underscored to the black eyed peas. I got a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> we might have that happen again. Yeah. And Sam, well, first of all, he says, I know by all rights, we shouldn't even be here. Because you're not supposed to be there. Because Faramir wasn't supposed to take you captive. He was supposed to let you go and you're not supposed to be there at all. Just saying. Just Mm -hmm. saying, Sam. And then he says, but we are. And that simple statement hits you like a gut punch. Especially now during COVID. Of like, this sucks. And everything is terrible and unfair. And it's sad. But that's what it is right now. And it's just so hard He's ta- he goes on to talk about as it cuts between different scenes like how can you ever imagine the world going back to being good actually you know what I'm just gonna I'm just gonna google search the whole quote because why not because they did it better than me right it is truly one of the most beautiful monologues that I think exists in cinema yeah. like I'll, I'll come out yeah. strong on that one I think it is just flawless it hits everyone like that like every, anytime you talk about Sam's monologue people know exactly what you're talking yeah. about it's like in the great stories Mr. Frugal the ones that really mattered full of darkness and danger they were and sometimes you didn't want to know the end because how could the end be happy How could the world go back to the way it was when so much bad had happened? But in the end, it's only a passing thing. This shadow. Even darkness must pass. A new day will come. And when the sun shines, it'll shine out the clearer. Those were the stories that stayed with you. That meant something, even if you were too small to understand why. But I think, Mr. Furrow, I do understand. I know now. Folk in those stories had lots of chances of turning back, only they didn't. They kept going because they were holding on to something. What are we holding on to, Sam? There's some good in this world, Mr. Furl. And it's worth fighting for. With the full <laughs> with the full like theme swelling behind them. I wanted I wanna talk about a couple moments in the speech and how brilliantly placed it is as it cuts between the different stories. So we have this one part of, you know, how can you imagine things being good again when there has been so much bad? We cut to Helm's Deep and Theoden is saying, victory, victory, we won. And you have this shot of Aragorn who doesn't look like, oh, we won, yay, victory. And it goes so well with the how can it be good when it was so bad of this this moment of like, yeah, we won this battle, but there was so much destruction. So many people died. This wasn't, we still have a long fight ahead of us. This wasn't, this is a very bittersweet victory for us. 
we have the scene where Aragorn rushes into Eowyn's arms and they should 500% kiss yes. here, but for whatever reason, they don't. It's like I don't want them to kiss. I do. At that point, I, I want them to just well, go that's for the it. Thing. It's like anyone, I could be, it could be two strangers and I watch them running up to each other like that and I'm like, kiss! Like, it could be anyone. I don't want Aragorn and Eowyn to kiss, but this scene, I'm like, oh, kissing is what this scene is for. It's whatever then we have this line of and when the when the sun shines it will shine clearer we cut to the ints and i love this line that's about the sun and shining and it's very nature imagery is over the ints and the river and the water like taking back power and nature winning uh, uh and and then when we cut back to Frodo and Sam talking, just when, just when you, th- maybe, maybe you're the last person in the theater who is still holding out. You're not crying yet. The concerning hobbits gets you. It come, it swoops in <sighs> as Sam and Frodo are talking and Faramir was watching this whole time and he's like, wow, that was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Gollum is watching the whole time too. Gollum is about to cry as well. And... Faramir comes over and at last finally says, I I understand now. We see eye to eye and I get this now. And we will not take the ring to Gondor. Good for you, Faramir. Good boy. Finally, a good decision. And we do have, it's a great moment because the men are like, but don't you, you understand what the laws of your father are, right? It, he's like, yeah, guess what? I'm going to do it anyway. They're going to go free. Well, they say that, like, I like the wording here because they say, like, you'll forfeit your life. And he literally just goes, then it is forfeit. Forfeit. Yeah. He's like, okay. So does that, is is my understanding that he is now up for, like, treason or something and he could be killed? Is that what that means? Yeah, he basically just committed treason. Like, he could very much be executed for this. Okay. And he's like fully accepting that because he's going to do the right thing finally. Because he is a man of quality. He did not need to show this, that he was a man of quality because he already was. The man of quality was the real friends we met along the way. <laughs> I don't know. What <laughs> well, also, it was the real treasure. I agree with you, though, that it's a little bit sad that we have to go through this whole thing to see that because it's like instead of him just getting to be a man of quality instead he he has to be a man who was overtly influenced by watching the ring almost fall into the hands of mordor and had to listen to a rousing speech in order to make the right choice when it should have yeah. been more internally motivated he and i hate using this comparison for my favorite boy ever faramir Movie, fa- I should clarify this is for movie Faramir. Book Faramir is a different person. Movie Faramir is someone who only voted for Biden when they found out that, like, they might be taxed differently under Trump or something. Not even like a good enough reason, not even like human rights. I don't know. That was a bad comparison. Can you tell I know nothing about politics anyway? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, that that scene god i was just sobbing i sent if you're in discord i sent a couple pictures of me just crying proof of tears (laughs) and then uh we have everyone leaving helm's deep they're leaving the battle it was a victory yay and 
Gandalf says, we have won the Battle of Helm's Deep, but the battle for Middle-earth begins, and we are relying on two hobbits traipsing around in the wilderness, who knows where, (laughs) and the epitome once again of the Paul Rudd, look at us. Look at us. Who would have thought? Not me. <laughs> Just put in a clip here from um, of Packer from Atlantis, The Lost Empire. Like, we're all gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a great film. We have a scene with Frodo and Sam talking about, like, I can't, this was, again, I was still high on my emotions from the, the speech that the things that they were saying in this scene just made me cry start crying again where he says let's Frodo saying like oh won't it be fun I wonder if our grandkids will ever ask let's hear about the the one with Frodo in the ring and then like here we are 70 however many years later these books came out still talking about Frodo in the ring and how insane is that it's a very meta conversation it's very meta it's very sweet but this conversation to me reads reads vividly as like like after you fight with someone and then you decide the fight is over and you have to be just a little too polite for a little while. It's like it's <laughs> yeah. like this feels fake now. I yeah. don't remember how we act normal anymore. You tried to kill me. Well, half an and hour this ago. conversation is essentially from the books, but it's from yes. the it's from when they're like dying on the slopes of Mount Doom. I think this is actually when they have just made it into Mordor. The Sam's speech and then this moment are a little bit of a mixture of something that happens, I think, towards the end of Two Towers in the book. Sam is talking, they're talking about, like, isn't this crazy that, like, we heard all these stories about people going on these adventures, but I'd never wanted to be one of those people going on adventures. And you always think about how, basically what he says in the speech about, like, you almost don't want to know how it ends because you're not sure it'll end well. But here we are and we're in the middle of it and we don't know how it's going to end with us. And then there's another moment that I really hope is in Return of the King Extended Edition. I don't, because it's my favorite moment from the book in Return of the King, right before they get to Mount Doom, Sam looks up in the sky and sees a star. It has the same meaning of like the light in the sky is not going to be diminished by the shadow and the shadow is a passing thing and the hope will not diminish because there will be good again in the world and the shadow is not going to overtake that. They kind of combined those those points here. And Frodo says, well, I want to hear the one about Sam because Frodo wouldn't have gotten very far without Sam. And I'm like, you, you're, you bet your ass he wouldn't have. <laughs> But this is what they they turn to look at each other like so intimately for this. Mm-hmm. It's like, what about you, Sam? Like gazing mm-hmm. into each and other's it's like, eyes. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like kiss, kiss. <laughs> I thought that that was a much sweeter moment than the your Sam moment, though, because it's yeah. For, it's, I mean, yeah, it's like a I think calm so moment. Well, and it's Frodo in like a moment of rare lucidity, just being like, "Hey, yeah. like, have I ever told you thank you?" <laughs> No, <laughs> you yeah, literally don't really. need to be here. Literally. Like, thanks for sticking by. Literally. It's like when you're like halfway through packing up your apartment for a move and your friend showed up four hours ago before things were in boxes and it's now dark and you had promised them pizza, but you realized everything's closed and you're just like, hey, but you didn't have to be here, but man, I'm glad you showed Thank up. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you're getting nothing out of this. And I realize that I am a bad friend in this moment. <laughs> We're all a bad friend when we are moving and we need help. <laughs> this is why I never ask 
anyone to help me move Same. because I don't want to I don't want to put that on anyone but you know? yeah, would you definitely. ask for someone to help if you had to move a demonic ring is the question Ooh, <laughs> uh, you know hey, I don't trust myself so you don't have to lift, lift a couch at all bad news um I've got a possessed piece of jewelry <laughs> and we're gonna need to take it to California on foot however you don't actually have to touch it at all or lift it. In fact, I don't want you to touch it or lift it at all. Stay the f- away from me. This is my ring. You would need to pick the right friend. My husband, Sean, hates walking. It's hard to get him to walk to <laughs> Haley's house, which is about a half mile away. To- uh, yeah, if that- less than no, that. It's about half. Yeah. Um, he's, not going, he's not going to Mordor. One of my previous guests made the point of find your Sam and it's important <laughs> It's important to find the person in your life that is going to recognize when you are not yourself and when you need to being like, you haven't slept, you haven't eaten, recognizing those moments and recognizing like, hey, I know you have this heavy burden and I can't necessarily do anything about the burden, but I can be here and support you along the way. Have you seen that Avatar meme that's like, instead of trying to find an Uncle Iroh for your life, be the Uncle Iroh in other people's lives? I feel like it's the same thing for Sam. It's like, yeah, it's good to want a Sam, but I think it's more important to try to be a Sam. Be a Sam. Be a Sam. Hufflepuffs! (laughs) And then we have, we're almost there, guys. Oh my god, it's not two and a half hours. (laughs) We've been recording for a hundred years. I was born here and I'll die here. <laughs> I strayed out of thought and time. Stars wheeled overhead. And every day was as long as a life age of the earth. We have been... Wait, wait. We have been recording for as long as the Fellowship of the Ring is. Theatrical uh. edition. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, okay, we're almost there. Thank you so much for being... Remember how we were talking about (laughs) earlier of like... (laughs) thanking your friends after they do something for you Me- Mary Clay Thank you said you. there'd be pizza and now everything's closed I'm so sorry we're almost done no I'm having I, I, I want to make it really clear I'm having a great time okay I'm so glad please tell you can dip out at any time if you're not having a good time I I'll be damned if I don't get to plug my ago. Instagram <laughs> That's the only reason she's stuck around this long. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so we have another another A plus Andy Circus scene. Oh of yeah, him. I forgot about this. Smeagol and Gollum, the duality is back because Ugh. Gollum is yelling at Smeagol because he was like, see, I was right. I left and they hurt you. And he's like, now we're gonna hurt them. But how? Perhaps we could take them to her, but the fat hobbit's gonna know what's going on. He always listens. We'll take them to her and she'll take care of it. And then the precious will be ours. And we're like, who is, who is her? Who is she? I guess we'll have to find There's out. There's no women in this whole <laughs> yep. series. Who could this possibly exactly. be? Galadriel? God, watching, <laughs> God, watching Gollum like get a hold on Smeagol again is like watching one of your girlfriends get back with her <laughs> ex. It's like, don't. 
yeah. no, you were doing so well. And you also, you still see the super like childish, naive side of Smeagol in this scene coming through yeah. still. It's very and sad. And being like so excited and happy that like Gollum is back and is going to help him. It's very, very sad. Especially yeah. when you're looking at all of the other hobbits. The good hobbits, the ones that are still hobbits. And then you, you can kind of see the same just like yeah. childish like I've never uh, been uh, I've never been more than 20 miles from the house I was born in yeah it's just like really <laughs> sweet uh, mm-hmm Gollum is so sad. We see Frodo, Frodo and Sam reunite with him. They're kind of like, "Where, where'd you go, you little rascal?" He's right there, having a nervous breakdown. Literally, how did they not see and or hear him? And so we see them going off on an adventure, and we're like, "Oh, it's hopeful again." Except we zoom in on a shot of Mordor looming in the Eye of Sauron, looming over us, because you can't end it too hopeful. And then fade to black and credits. Oh my Woo! god. Okay, and this is where I'm going to share, I think, the very uh, relevant trivia fact that is very relevant for us as we're recording. There were so many extras used in the Battle of Helm's Deep, and filming went on for so many months that the majority of the extras and the actors got t-shirts that read, I survived Helm's Deep. That is... <laughs> In, I, I'd be like, bury me in this shit. <laughs> and there were so many like extras from New Zealand. It would be very easy to just go out to the mall and be like, see someone wearing the shirt and be like, I was also in the Battle of Helm's Deep. Isn't that cool? That is so cute. I, I love that. <laughs> lived in New Zealand for a year and a half. And it is a thing that everyone will tell you. They'll be like, yeah, when I was a kid, I was an extra in Lord of the Rings. But it's like everybody was, so it ceases to be important at all. It's it's enough of a thing yeah. that people will distinguish if they had a line. People will be like, I was in Lord of the Rings, but I had a speaking role. <laughs> it's that edition only, though. <laughs> so uh, we did it, y'all. We survived Helm's Deep. We did it. So let's uh, let's quickly go around and, and say where people people can find you on the internet. I've been Christina Khan. You can follow me on Instagram at your girl of the world. You can follow me on Twitter at Tina Fontina. And please check out my podcast if you haven't already. I'm the host of the Restricted Section podcast, which is a raunchy Harry Potter podcast, a little bit of a book club situation. We just started The Prisoner of Azkaban, and I'm super stoked. Woo! I love that book so much. And um, yeah, come read along with us. Brooke? I have been Brooke Matherly. You can find me on Instagram at passion for parks and you can find me on Twitter at Grumpy Brooke. I don't tweet much, and most of my Instagram is Placid Nature Picks. So if you're feeling that vibe, no, scoot on you over. just posted some very model, like model worthy pictures. Those were from our uh, engagement shoot. So I, good, I, they're I, great. They're so good. I fairly good. recently married my husband, which is a necessary step to having a husband. But. Um, <laughs> We took a bunch of pictures. Oh, that was so funny. I love coffee, and so we we asked our photographer to do a special series of photos just at our favorite coffee shop, and they are up I on my Instagram. It. You can go check them out. They're, they're very cute. And Haley, I've been Haley Simkis. Uh, if you must, you can find me on Twitter at the Rit to Wit, um, and that's it. I am also <laughs> on the restricted section. A woo. That's What I'm Talking About is a proud member of WB&E. You can learn more about the network by going to WB&E.org, where you will find all of our shows like Hello from Elsewhere. 
Do you find yourself thinking deeply about pop culture? Do you wish for a super nerdy podcast that explores your favorite movies and books? Well, look no further. From WBNE, it's Hello from Elsewhere. On our podcast, we promise to literally transport you to all your favorite fictional settings. I don't think we can actually promise that. Yes, we can. Travel with us to the Death Star. We can't put people in harm's way like that. Or visit beautiful new Asgard. That's so many plane tickets to Norway. Explore the eras of Jane Austen or Frankenstein. Metaphorically, we don't know how to implement time travel. We do now on Hello From Elsewhere. We're going to get in trouble with these promises. With new episodes every other Friday, Hello From Elsewhere is available wherever you find your podcasts. Yes, that part is true. You can even listen on the Hogwarts Express. Oh boy. The cover art is by Graphite, a.k.a. Vaishan Brandon. You can support him on Instagram at graphite.vmb. You can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at TolkienAboutPod. And you can also join the Facebook group, which is linked in the description. You can find me on Twitter at MCWhatsUp and Instagram at MCTurnDownForWhat. You can support the podcast by becoming a patron. Go to patreon.com slash TolkienAboutPod to explore the different levels and perks that we have available. You can become a sponsor like Danny. Danny, thank you so much, as always, for your continued continued support of this podcast. I appreciate it very much. For $3, you can join our Discord community. We have lots of fun stuff always is happening there and lots of fun people in there. Last week, we played two, we had two games of Among Us going on at once because so many people were wanting to play and it was really fun to get to hang out with everyone. And then coming up this week for That's What I'm Talking About patrons, we will be having a virtual game night and we'll be doing a Kahoot on December 21st at 7 p.m. Yeah. I remembered all of that information correctly. And as I mentioned before, next week we begin talking about the extended edition of Two Towers. And I say begin because I actually decided to split that episode into two parts because there was just so much to talk about. And by so much to talk about, I mean the Faramir and Boromir scene. Come on. My, did you guys really think I, I, I wouldn't talk that much about that scene? Yeah. So we have all those fun things to look forward to. So now back to past Mary Clay, Brooke, Christina and Haley. All right. All that being said, are there any parting words for the audience? Wait, give me a second to think of something spicy. (laughs) Meets back on the menu. That's not from this section, but we did watch that yesterday and it was very funny. We shouldn't have let me do the parting words. That's so bad. Well, you decided to. I was trying to think of like, but it it wouldn't be thematic because I was like, I was thinking Thanksgiving stuff. I'm like, there's food in this world and it's worth <laughs> it's cooking worth for. for. <laughs> that's I, I think this is coming out after Thanksgiving. I know, that's what I'm saying. Well, it'll be it'll be Christmas. There are gifts in this world and it's worth shipping for. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Support right, local. I'm ending Support this now. local. I'm ending this now, and that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Check in. Are we all still recording? Do you still see waveforms on oh, make noise? Yes, do you I see waveforms? Yep. Yes, on? I do. Well, this is a test. I'm keep, confused test. I'm gonna keep all Wee. of this audio. This is the true gold. <laughs> this is why you have other professionals on your podcast. We woo. We woo. <laughs> <laughs>